Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I am very grateful to have our guest today. This is Adam Sandman. He is the CEO of Inflectra, and they are based out of Washington, D.C. Adam, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. What would you like the audience to know about Inflectra? Well, thanks, Sean. It's a pleasure to be here today. And in fact, we're a software company uh, and we focus, uh, we're a values-driven company. And we believe in bringing harmony to people involved in software development, software testing, and basically managing an entire development of systems and, and software. Uh, and we bring a risk-based approach. Um, we work with customers in various industries uh, from life sciences, defense, healthcare, um, insurance, banking, telecom, covering most of the regulated industries. If you've got a hard problem and you're building a complex system, uh, please check us out. That's great. Very important work to help harmonize all of those different parts. So I like that word that you used. All right, well, let's get to our questions. The first question, describe for the audience a time or an experience of collaboration in a team that you've had. Right. I mean, we're a smaller company. So by its very nature, we have uh, teams that collaborate in their day to day. But one of the, I think, experiences that always uh, strikes me is that we have people who may be in a particular silo, like they're in the software development area or they're in the, the project management, the marketing. And when we get a large client, uh, we have some larger clients, I, I can't name them, but they often come to us with complex problems, which are support, they're sort of sales, they have technical aspects, they have customer relationship aspects. And uh, what I've seen, which is amazing here, is that when they come to us with a problem, you know, they often come to me, maybe they try and escalate to my attention. And, you know, it's very easy as as a, as a leader to, first of all, just answer the question and give them the wrong answer or an off-the-cuff answer. And, and I, I don't want to do that because the teams work really hard with these customers and we don't, they don't want them coming to me. So we bring the team together. And what I do is I'll make sure we have all those different functions there. And, it's, and what will happen is that team will come together with the client and try and work out, is it a technical problem? Is it a training issue? Does the client, you know, is it really a business issue they're dealing with that the technology is just a manifestation? And I've, I'm really, I want to empower those teams so that people who may have just started the company um, will actually solve the problem. And in this case that I'm thinking of very specifically, someone that started the company the day before, junior, out of college, had been trying to get a job in cybersecurity, hadn't got an opportunity because no one wanted someone without experience. This is one of our largest clients having questions about security. And we're like, well, you come in the meeting and you can answer these questions. And he was able to do an amazing job, which gave him great confidence. The rest of the team was there to support him with the, the times of questions that he wouldn't necessarily know the answer to or things that were outside of security. Uh, and the client was just impressed that this person had all the latest skills and, and, and from going to uh, conferences like DEF CON, but also was, had the confidence and maturity to do it. And I think what I love was just seeing someone you know, coming in, no one would give him an opportunity, and here he is in front of a client the next day doing amazing work. So I think it was collaboration, but it was also letting people step up. Um, those two aspects, I think, working together. I like how you described that, this, uh, the empowerment of the team through collaboration is kind of what's coming to mind on that. Right. I really like that concept. That's great. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just I, I do believe as leaders, sometimes we have to get out of the way. Um, and we'll talk more about that when it comes to one of the later questions. Sounds good. Well, let's go on to the next one then. I hear from other leaders that measuring engagement of a team can be a challenge. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm, yeah, I'm in, and, and I'm, I'm not a believer of micromanagement. I hate micromanagement. I like to manage by objectives and like give, manage by vision and values. And so what I mean by that is if a team is working and, and doing things, it isn't easy to measure if they're doing it well. You do, if, they, if you don't want them to be like 
checking in on time tracking or, you know, people install these apps that how much time are they on their screen? Are they doing work? Are they doing other things? So to me, engagement is not about the time you put in, but it's what you bring to the game. So for example, going into a meeting and someone's without being asked has come up with some amazing new template to capture something or has improved our process. And I think it's that initiative taking that to me shows real engagement. But members of your team take the initiative and do things that you didn't ask them to do, hadn't thought of that even asking them to do things that you didn't even know could be done, then you've got a truly engaged team. If you've got a team that's waiting for you to tell them what to do and you're checking deadlines and monitoring how much time they're working on things, um, that's the wrong kind of engagement you're measuring. You're measuring working, not thinking. And, and to me, leadership is about letting people in your team think, experience, and try new things and, and, and fail safely. You have to let people know mm -hmm. that if they are going to engage and try different things, they can fail safely and you won't take the blame. Um, so that's a really important aspect. If you, if you blame people for things, then the only engagement you'll get will be them doing what you told them, the way you told them to do it. And to me, that's not a team that's working effectively, and that's not leadership. I love that. Everything that you just said in that point and that question was, was fantastic because it, you're right. There's, there's a tendency to micromanage, and I love the idea of fail safely. I, that's such a great point. I'm really glad you brought that up. Thank Let's you. go on to the Let's go on to the next question. Question number three, what is one quality of a confident leader that you'd like to point out? The quality, I've touched on it already a little bit. I think it, it, they call it in the industry servant leadership, which, which, um, but I truly think <clears throat> as a leader, your job is to empower people who work for you, uh, get out of the way when you should, and also, uh, so an as another aspect of that is being there to shelter them when you need. So a, a, a confident leader is someone who, who doesn't need to be in the limelight. They're more than happy to, you do this meeting without me, but if you get any trouble, you need, I'm on, you know, text me if you need me, I'll happy to jump in. But I really want you to take this meeting. You own the relationship with the client. I empower you. I don't need to be there to monitor you. I'm confident enough to know that you'll do a good job because I know you do a good job. I say this all the time. But on the other hand, I don't want to necessarily put you out there to the wolves without backup. So I'm there as backup. If I'm on the call, I might be silent on mute with the head with the head camera off, but I'm ready there to jump in if you need me to. But I don't want to be the one because what I'll find is with, with some of the leaders, and it isn't even their fault, some of if you're on a call, because you're the leader, you're the CEO, or the director, the other team members will defer to you to lead the conversation, the client will look to you. So you have to be intentional about taking a back seat and letting other people drive a meeting. But then you do need to be in that meeting sometimes, or at least available for that meeting, so that if things go south, you can be the safe pair of hands. Because um, then that's how people will get confident to do the next meeting. Um, so it's, it's sort of like benign neglect combined with being there as sort of the adult supervision. Well, not adult supervision. I think it's the, it's the rescue team is kind of how I see it as, not so much as supervision. Great response. Great information. Question number four. Is there a person that, or a group or whoever that you'd like to recognize that has made an influence or made an impact in your life? Yes, and, and it's an interesting one. Uh, uh, when I first started out, we'll talk about the next question, first first jobs, but I worked for a consulting firm. And as a, in a consulting firm, uh, they had a particular style of leadership and they did a great job in building leadership qualities. Uh, the company was called Sapient, for those who remember it, uh, was big in the dot-com days. But actually, I found I learned a lot more from my first big client that I was managing, which was the United States Marine Corps, uh, who have a very different style of leadership to Sapient. Um, some qualities were similar, but different in many ways. Uh, and the Marine Corps have these great great concepts of, well, they're going to send people into the field and they don't want to be 
micromanaging them from behind because they don't know the conditions they're working in. And they would always talk about what's called, if you read about this, commander's intent. You, you tell people what the objective is, capture this hill, do whatever you're supposed to do. We're not going to tell you how to do it. So you can adjust on the fly if conditions change, which they will. Uh, so that way you're not waiting for instructions to come back. Uh, but also in the Marine Corps, there's another key aspect of leadership, which is, first of all, you always um, complain, they, they use other words, but complain up the tree and you never complain down so if a subordinate if someone works for you um, is not doing a good job you're never going to take the element a room full of people you would take them privately aside and you know maybe give them feedback and coach them but if they do a great job you always want to encourage them publicly so they always say publicly celebrate privately you know discipline or mentor or whatever it is that you want to change their behavior you never want to do that in front of other people because that's just a complete disincentive mm-hmm. um and that's that's some of the marine corps leadership approach there's many other aspects but i've tried to incorporate those first of all when i was at sapien i incorporated them into the projects i ran and starting in fletcher uh, we're a values driven company and trying to use some of the marine corps ideals to use those to align with the values uh, to me has been very important um, i think a lot of people find that we're not used to that people come from other industries or you know, like a local government or other people who've come to the company, they have, they're not used to it. Um, one thing, I remember the weirdest thing of all was when someone joined the company, they, they gave me a great idea. Uh, I want to do this thing. And I went, oh, that's a really good idea. Let's do it. And then a, a, an hour later, she came back saying, when you said do it, did you mean do it now? I went, no, it's a great idea. Do it. Here's my, here's my credit card. Do it. And she used to working in government where it would take six committees. And she's like, I thought it'd be more discussion. Well, it's a good idea. I like it. Let's do it. If, it's, if it screws up, I don't, it's my fault. I, I agree to it. I'll take the blame. And I think that, that was very empowering. It was like, wow, I like this place. So I think it, obviously you can't get people run chaotic. You have to, you can't have anarchy. So that doesn't mean you have anarchy. You have to have boundaries and so on. But it's they're on the side of freedom and letting people try their initiative with boundaries. That, that would be, say, the Marine Corps' approach distilled into a work environment. Great response. And I really like how you, first of all, recognizing the Marine Corps, but also the the principles that you learned from those individuals and how it now affects your leadership and some fun stories in there as well. So thank you for sharing that. All right. Our last question. Tell us a little bit about your first job. Well, I could talk about consulting, but that's boring. So my first job before that was actually I worked as a nightclub barman back in Wales. I'm originally from South Wales uh, in the where Tom Jones and Catherine Zeta-Jones came from. And I worked in a, in a, in a bar and in, in a nightclub. And this is, we, so we start night work at nine o'clock at night to about three in the morning. And it was a real mixed team because you had people who were full-time career bartenders. And then you had people like me who were coming there as students for summer jobs. And, you know, it would be very easy for the full-time bar, 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 uh, barkeepers who were training us to be like these college students they're all going to go off and get their degrees and be you know rich and I'm working here as my job it's my career um, but there was never any of that they were willing to teach us let us learn have, we had fun together and you never got a sense of who was in it for the long haul who was just doing it for a summer job um, and you know and you were dealing with customers who were not at their best shall we say and you had to always keep uh, like any customer service job it's great training for working in any industry keep calm keep cool uh, de-escalate situations no one to call the security went to escalate. Um, I think there's a lot of lessons I learned there. It certainly gives you a lot of humility and it makes you realize that um, if, you know, if you work there as a team, it's, it was, everyone benefits from it. Um, if you try and do things yourself, you, you literally can get into big trouble. So uh, I, it was an interesting, again, it was an eye-opening job and it, I think it made me a better person going into the professional life afterwards. Um, and you see everyone as humans, we're all in this together. And I think you just treat people better in, in, whenever you're in a Starbucks or any, any place. It's very true. Anybody that has, has done this, especially as a teenager or a young adult, the service industry where you're waiting on people, whether it's in a bar, whether it's a restaurant, mm-hmm. hospitality, any of that, you learn how to 
appreciate what they're doing. And therefore, when you're then the, uh, the customer, you tend to treat them a lot more politely than you would perhaps otherwise. So, right, right. And I would say to anyone watching this, if you think that's, you know, that's, that's relevant for you, if you start a business like, like I did, you know, you're dealing with customer support day one when you launch a, a, a product company right. and, and you won't have an army of customer support reps day one. You might just be you, which it was. And so <laughs> lessons you'll learn from that service job will come in really handy when you're dealing with your first difficult customer in a professional setting, which you, you know, probably will have. Very good point. Excellent. Adam, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. How can people find you? Um, the easiest way is on LinkedIn, Adam Sandman. I've got a relatively unique name. Um, you can also get me at adam.sandman at inflector.com. Uh, my Twitter handle is Adam Mark Sandman, although I will you say use LinkedIn these days probably more than Twitter. Um, so that's probably the best way. Very good. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, you can go to teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast and to the YouTube channel. Thank you so much for joining us today and have a great day.